You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, and joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. I salute you, Damon. Saluted back at you. Justin Davis is here. Oop. And Seth Macy is here, who can show us how a salute's really done. Ooh, very sharp, very sharp. Mm-hmm. At ease, soldier. We've got a great show for you this week. we got shows from uh, both Nintendo and Sony. We can share highlights from. And I definitely want to get Justin and Seth's thoughts on Starfield, which we talked about a lot last week, but uh, these two gentlemen were not in attendance. But first, let's begin with the Nintendo Direct this week. Seth, while we've got you here, I saw, I saw mixed reactions to the Direct this week. Some people yeah. thought it was lame, and some people thought there were just a lot of fun-looking games that actually got release dates. So how'd you feel about the Nintendo Direct this week? Uh, yeah, I thought it was full of a lot of fun-looking games that actually have release dates. Was it lame? Mm. <laughs> there was probably a little hint of lameness there. Hmm. But it was also very cute games that look wonderful. <laughs> and it's also very much um, a direct at the end of the Nintendo Switch's life cycle. So. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder what it tells us about the Nintendo Switch's life cycle because we get you know got release dates into 2024 and then Luigi's Mansion 2 HD, they said summer. So it's the Switch to whatever it's called. It's not coming out in the first half of 2024. I no, no. That's what I've talked about this on Scoop before is I my like head canon is totally that the the Switch 2 was maybe either originally or they were flirting with it coming out in the spring. And then something's happened over the last four or five months. And they're like, nah, it's coming out in the fall instead. And so then they had to like, well, okay, like we got a year to fill like you know and they're rummaging around in the closet and they're like oh yeah you know paper mario (laughs) like that feels like what's going on here to me which Mm -hmm. um 
you know, I, I thought the direct was lame. I mean, I really like mm. Super Mario a thousand year. They Nintendo for years has been really careful about doling out. They didn't want the switch to get a reputation as a remake and port console. Right. So it's like, they'd give us a couple of them a year and now they're just like, nah, screw it. Just port everything over. Who cares? Yeah. That's yeah. We've got, um, well, I mean, they, but they've had such a great year already, like with Fire Emblem, Engage, Tears of the Kingdom, Pikmin 4, Super yeah. Mario Bros. Wonder is coming up. I, I, I'm willing to forgive them for all the remasters and remakes. I mean, uh, it's another way to play like super fun games that look great. Yeah. Like no DK64 remaster, but that's okay. I'll look past that. Oh, God. No, but we are getting a remake of Mario vs. Donkey Kong, which is an that's awesome game. That's a great game. game. It is it's a really, that really fun game. It's so random, though. Yeah. Totally. Well, yeah, it is. It, it is random, but I'm. Though I'm not going to complain about its existence. I might. I raise an eyebrow at its fifty dollars price tag because this right. is a Game Boy Advance game. If you're going to build a game from the ground up, I'm just surprised they're like, here's what here's Mario versus Donkey Kong, a hundred new puzzles. Like, just do new ones. Like, right. it's just funny to port the old <laughs> puzzles. Now, believe me, I've forgotten them in twenty two years yeah. or whatever. So it's going to be fine. But like, I do wish there were new ones, and I like this. I prefer this to the minis. Yeah, this this precedes the minis. This kind of follows. It's very much like uh, Donkey Kong '94. It's just it's yes. a puzzle yep. puzzle platformer. It has Donkey Kong music in it. It has some Donkey Kong mu music in it. Yeah, um, except this time you don't. You're not just like making it to the end of the level. You have to collect th like three toys in each level. I think, but it's First a great all, game. That's always the original how it had is good, in Kong. good pixel art. It's, it's, it's no longer it's pixel this, art. That's what I think that it, Peach left on the construction site, her purse, her hat, and something else. Yeah, par parasol, right? Um, parasol, parasol. She's, you know, the game is expensive, and I think it's uglier than the original. Like, I don't, yeah. like, look, look, I really like, I really like Paper Mario. I really like Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Like, these are great games. If you never played them, like, you know, happy to have new takes on them on the Switch. But it definitely feels like uh, Nintendo just biding their time. Like, that's, oh, yeah. It's padding out their release calendar. Yeah, and a lot but of it's also, like, it's super great fun games. It's not like they're just throwing you know garbage at us. Mario trash collection or something, or yeah. Mario takes a nap. Just <laughs> typing. Uh, they threw a Contra game in there somewhere. Uh, what's it called? Contra Operation Galuga, not Operation Galaga. <laughs> Operation it's, Galuga. It's a memorable name. <laughs> <laughs> because you and drive it, around in a Model T and you fight aliens. And it, it looks like a remake of the the first game with some extra stuff and some new stuff. And right, it's by uh, uh, the company that's yeah. Well, so speaking of stuff, Contra Four, right? Speaking of abandoning pixel art for something that looks uglier. Yeah, hundred percent agree. It's not and too is, bad though. I mean, it looks like kind of rearmed. But it's from Way Forward, which has done great pixel yes. artwork in the past. That's they a good did. Point, they did it with Contra in the past. They did yeah. Contra Four on the DS. Contra Four ruled. Yeah, yeah. and it looks great. So I don't, I don't, and then WayForward is the same studio that did this year's uh, Advance Force One and Two Bootcamp, which we also had issues with the looks so of. I don't. They're, uh, yes, yes. I'm just not on board with their their current art department. I guess. Konami makes games though. It's crazy. <laughs> well, they don't make them themselves. I don't have. Yeah, I did. Yes, that's true. They're, they they're somebody from another games. studio drops by the office and then they get a copy of the logo that they glue onto the <laughs> box and then they send yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then speaking of boxes, a lot of these games that we got release dates for and we can pre-order now are, do not have boxes. They're digital only. Uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Princess Peach Showtime are both digital only games. I wonder oh, really? if that has anything to do with what uh, the, the spinning of the wheels that Justin was referring Princess to. Princess Peach Showtime looks insane. 
it looks, yeah, it, looks it, awesome. it does look really cool. That was a pleasant surprise for me. Um, you know, the last game that starred Princess Peach was actually a really embarrassing low point for Nintendo. I think <laughs> um, it's like the very first time they've had Peach starring in her own game and all mm-hmm. of her powers were uh, emotion based. Like mm-hmm. she gets sad and then has a power and then gets angry and has a power. And I'm like, guys, this is not this is not this is not good. Um, you know, but this is such a clever sort of um, just the stage play nature of it and all the different costumes that Peach gets to wear. Like, like this game, um, it was the bright spot of the direct for me, for sure. It's they call them transformations. She gets these different outfits and gets new abilities, but it seems like there's just maybe one outfit per level. Right. Yeah. It's like scenarios. It's almost like a bunch of different mini games, like Kirby Superstar or something. Yeah. But so it's not like there's all stuck together. It's not like she like she has these different transformations and the player gets to, you know, play the game the way they Mm -hmm. want to. It's just that there's like a different mechanic for every level. It seems like. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it seems like. It's it's just so charming. Like, I really like it. And it seems like and who knows how much that we're watching. If you're watching Scoop, you're watching the the B-roll that Nintendo showed right now. Like, it's hard to know how much of this was just a very carefully crafted presentation for the direct. But the gameplay seems really different in each world. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's a hack and slash in one world and you're sort of solving mysteries and puzzles in another world. And so I hope that that's actually true. And like, it feels kind of meaningfully different level to level. I really like I really like the martial arts transformation. Yeah, yeah the, it, pup, the cool puppet guys doing martial cool arts. Yeah, uh, it's ex- also the direct sequel to Super Mario Brothers Three, which is another stage play based Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> right, game. I was going to say that too. How <laughs> how uh, you know if I had a nickel every time Nintendo had done that, I'd have ten cents. But that's still a lot. Like it's weird that it's happened twice. It's also interesting whenever Nintendo introduces a new villain. Yeah, yeah, the, like- the sour. Sour Grape Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, it's 50-50, you know, the same with like, what's his name, Vati in Zelda or whatever. It's like, you know, is is Bowser, like, is this just Bowser again behind the scenes? Or is <laughs> yeah. it actually going to be somebody new? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Princess Sometimes Peach they introduce a character that you're like, this isn't even that great of a character, like Nabbit. And now, now Nabbit's in every single game, like a yeah. like Yoshi level of, uh, you know, recognition. It makes no sense. I mean, I, I think Nintendo uh, makes the best video games in the world. I think they're the best video game developer, but they still do this weird, inexplicable stuff sometimes. Of like, no, no one's asking for Nabbit, you know. But, <laughs> but he's still, you know. Oh, there he is. He's back. Sound off in the comments, Nabbit heads. I want to hear from you. <laughs> Princess Peach Showtime is out March twenty second. It's digital only, and it's sixty bucks. Mario versus Donkey Kong is out uh what is it uh the 16th of february i believe that's digital only it's 50 dollars. then another very cool um and welcome surprise for me was the original tomb raider trilogy yeah uh and this these are coming to everything not just nintendo switch but i haven't played these games since they were originally released uh i (laughs) think it'll be cool to revisit them they are very clunky but it sounds like they're um they've redone the uh, the whole control scheme and included a bunch of quality of life improvements, including camera lock on and added achievements and all that. So I totally look forward to playing these games again. Yeah, for I've never sure. played any of them. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I've they're... only played the PlayStation demo disc Tomb Raider first level. And I was like, <laughs> when I was, you know, a teenager, I was like, this is yeah. so much worse than Mario 64. I will never play oh. this game. <laughs> no way. That just different. These are wonderful. I, I never played the third one. I played the first and the second one. There's one uh, part of, of this trailer that they show. I did compare them. Uh, they show Lara Croft like doing a dive into a pool. And mm-hmm. in the real game, 
you do that dive, but you miss whatever you're trying to end. So you break your neck a lot of times. So she yep. does this beautiful <laughs> swan dive, like just into a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin, how do you feel about the uh, revisiting the original Tomb Raider trilogy? Um, I think those games have aged pretty poorly. I mean, you know, they're important and influential and, and they're actually like, if you haven't played them before, I think people will be surprised at how kind of puzzly they are. Like mm -hmm. the tombs are um, largely puzzle based, right? Like you're pushing blocks around and solving puzzles. Mm -hmm. But I think we've talked about this on GameScoop before, but everything is grid based. So yeah. if you want to make a jump, you have to be like lined up on the right grid and Lara <clears throat> has to jump on the right grid. Otherwise you won't. You're not, it doesn't have that modern sense of like you make a leap and then your character is kind of sucked onto whatever they're trying to ledge they're trying to grab onto. Like you'll just fall and die. And so I, I, don't, I don't think, you know, like I, I like the games at the time. Um, I don't, I don't think they're worth <laughs> revisiting and going back to. I really liked them at the time as well. Um, I do, and I am looking forward to revisiting them. But you're right, like uh, they're, they're very rigid. And when, when Laura's making her jumps and leaps, you, there's no wiggle room. Like you have to get the timing <laughs> no. of her steps absolutely perfect or you're you're just going to miss. I but, loved, I, I can't remember if it's two or three. I don't think the first one had it, but exploring Croft Manor. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was in two. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a, it's the first time maybe ever, mm -hmm. like Mario 64 and, and, you know, if it was two Tomb Raider 2 like a hub world in games, like a home that you can go back to and explore and like peel back parts of over time. Like it's such a strong part of the game. And like, if I were to revisit it for nostalgia's sake, that's what I would be in it for. I have very good memories. This was a college game for me, uh, the original Tomb Raider. And in my dorm, Hashinger Hall at the University of Kansas, I was the only person that had a PlayStation, at least on my floor. So people would come in and hang out in my room and we'd just take turns, you know, passing the control around playing Tomb Raider. If you died, you had to pass the controller. That's what that's so awesome. I've got great memories of playing Tomb Raider that way. Nice. Although it is coming from Aspire. This is the studio that is supposedly making that KOTOR remake. Maybe this is a so little bit. So that's what's slowing them down. <laughs> that's what's slowing them down. <laughs> uh, Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 remasters are coming February 14th to everything. And then another one that looks really cool to me is Unicorn Overlord. Yeah. From Vanillaware. That's great. Which they claim is the rebirth of tactical fantasy RPGs. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, wait. Right? yeah, exactly. It's so funny. It looks so good. Obviously, Vanillaware is known for their art style. Uh, this game looks great, and it seems it, it gives me vibes of both Tactics Ogre and even uh, Shining Force a little bit in the way that the oh, when, yeah. when you actually attack someone, the camera zooms in on the action. Cool. This looks awesome. Yeah. Who else? Who's with me? Yeah, who's I'm with out? you 100%. I'm loving just the art style. My only problem is every time I play like a tactical or strategy RPG, I like lose interest pretty quickly because I just, I, I prefer turn-based traditional JRPGs, but like, mm. yeah, it looks so beautiful and it's so fun. And during the direct yesterday during our live watch party, like Pear was like freaking out the whole time. Yeah. Well, like, cause oh. he loves tactics ogre. Yes. He, that, he was really excited. Sam, that is, you, that is or, what it go looks ahead, like. Yeah. No, that was it. Just like the tactics ogre is the comparison, right? Cool. Yeah. Sam, oh, you, you don't usually like, Tactics games, unless they have the words fire or emblem in the title. I, I don't like card games. I've not played a lot of this tactics is not a card games. Game. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying, but I'm just specifying that I don't, I don't like card games. But like the uh, I, I like tactics games. I like fire emblem. I've never played Final Fantasy Tactics, but it looks so fun and cool. And that Metal Slug Tactics games looks great too. I, I would play any of this. That and ever Triangle comes strategy looks good too. Yeah. This looks better than Triangle Strategy to me. I mean, I know there's yeah. different types of tactical rpgs but uh, and one's a turn-based right and this one's not but i played i played ogre battle for the super nintendo 
And I was like, this game's really fun. Like I couldn't believe how, how cool it was set up and how neat it was. And to, to be on the 16 bit system too, like it's impressive. It's ugly, but it's fun. <laughs> unicorn overlord. I don't think I saw a single unicorn in that trailer. Yeah. That's what I was wondering yeah. about. Maybe all well, those horses because... are unicorns, but they cut off their horns. It's the final Aww. boss. It's the overlord. Now, if you cut off their horn, that's how you call Satan back. Like in the hit movie legend. Oh man. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Deep cut. I've never seen legend. Good. Is Julia Roberts in that one? Uh, no, no. It's, Isn't there like uh, a like a fairy character? Yes, and I'm completely that. blanking on who it is. It's a crazy good fantasy '80s movie. Super really? cheap ball. Love it. Cool. Has the best like devil. And who? Ever. Who? It's Tim Curry. Is the it's devil? Tim Curry is yeah. like the devil. And he Sounds looks like great. You guys are selling me hard on this. That's the, <laughs> that's like Tim Curry as the devil is the only thing I can actually remember about that movie. <laughs> I remember very young Tom Cruise as well. I, I got to look up who that plays the fairy in that movie. Um, Unicorn Overlord is out March 8th that we covered Contra. I, I think I'll just probably just stick to Blazing Chrome, which is a more recent Contra-like that has great pixel art. Those are the highlights to me. Any other highlights from the Nintendo Direct for anyone? Man, I've already forgot it was yesterday. I've already yeah. like forgotten. It the just one that our, our audience me. was really excited about was uh, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. I've I've just never well, played that game. It it is the best Paper Mario game. Okay. Um, you know, but it, it's it's just tough to get. Like again, if you haven't played it before, it's awesome. Like enjoy it, play it, you'll love it. But like, you know, I still have the GameCube game. Like I don't I don't need this. Uh, is it better than Super Paper Mario in your opinion? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think that's like a controversial take. I think no. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I've never played it, but everyone says that this is the best one. So I'm that, really, that, really thousand year door is really um, funny and it's in, and, and kind of like, like there's these two strains of Mario RPGs. There's Mario and Luigi, which tends to be a little bit more zany and Gaga and just out there. And then paper Mario normally kind of plays it more straight, except for this one, except for thousand year door is like a little bit more um, just sort of gonzo in its writing in a good way. I love, yeah, I love it. Maybe I will replay it. I'm watching this B-roll and I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> this game's really great. I thought it was all right. The overall, I, I give this Nintendo Direct a Starfield out of 10. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. No, I think that's a fair, a fair rating. <laughs> we'll get to Starfield in just a little bit. This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Let's turn our attention to the PlayStation State of Play. This one, it was shorter. Um, it's a little bit, it was a little, actually, there was definitely more that I wanted to play coming out of the Nintendo Direct than the PlayStation State of Play. But um, Sam, uh, Resident Evil 4 is getting the Separate oh Ways yeah. expansion. I love it. I'm so excited because yeah. Separate Ways is already super cool as a, it's like on the GameCube disc is like an extra thing or maybe it was Wii. i can't remember it was on, it was yeah. an extra thing you could play was it I, Wii only i don't think it was on the gamecube original i think it was playstation yeah. 2. yeah well but then they poured it to Wii where i played i never okay, played the yeah. ps2 version but i definitely played separate ways and it, it's really it's it, the eight emissions are like really needed like a lot of it's on the island which is like mm. well but like resident evil 4 is like so the remake is so different so they must have like really padded this out and stretched it in a good way like they did with resident evil 4. So I think it's, it, you know, like it could be longer than Resident Evil 3 remake, basically, like the way that, they, that these things come about. It's super cool that they're doing it. So excited. Ada's a neat character to play as too. She plays differently. And and she forces you, me, to use a, a TMP or assault rifle type weapons, mm -hmm. which like I never use those in Leon playthroughs ever. I'm like shotgun, handgun until you get like power weapons at the end. So I really like that about her too. Yeah, I... When I saw this, I couldn't remember. I didn't know if this was new content or, or a remake of older content, but it's because I played RE4 on the GameCube only. Mm -hmm. So I, I just never played this uh, content. So that's cool that it's coming. I don't know. Is it, is it free or is it a paid expansion? Do we know? I didn't see the press release, so I'm yeah, not sure. It was just in the, just in the, uh, the state of play, so I don't know about that, but it is coming and, soon. And they tacked it on the end of the VR segment, so everybody's like, is this a VR game only? But yeah. it's not. It's just a... Yeah. That's out soon. It's September 21st, and I think there's going to be another trailer coming for it on, well, that's the 18th, which I believe is Monday. Yeah, so. I mean, it's out in less than a week. It's crazy. Yeah. 
Sony unveiled red and blue PlayStation 5s. Finally. I like I like the blue one. I would rock yeah. the blue one. Yeah. Yeah. No? It's I I I think the PlayStation 5 console is pretty ugly to begin with. And then I think the colors sure. make it even worse. <laughs> so just I, don't, I, I like my PlayStation Five. Like I'm not like mad that I own one, yeah. but I just I think it's a misfire from like a just like a industrial design standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's we talked about that a lot when it was first right. unveiled. Yeah. Well, and I don't think the colors like they don't they just like they don't they don't like fix that problem. They just kind of exacerbate it. Hmm. You got to remember when you take it out of the package, you're supposed to snap the fins off the outside, or it looks stupid. You got to yeah. snap those off. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen what it looks like without the fins. Oh, it would, it would take some snapping. <laughs> and we got a release date for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That was kind of like the biggest thing out of there. And it's coming yeah. soonish, February 29th. That's how I learned that next year's leap. That was the same. Oh, I was like, oh funny. Next year's coming up. Uh, yeah. My most is my, that's my most anticipated game at this point. Well, I got to say this this trailer is is what finally got me really excited about it. They showed a lot of gameplay, it showed a lot of combat, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Now I'm on board. I've been a little bit Did you see uh, the details they released about how it has like 100 hours if you want to yeah. be a completionist and oh, it has wow. a huge open world and stuff like this oh, game's going to rule." Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I love all the stuff with Sephiroth that we're seeing there and then I mean, they, they Square Enix was very upfront. They, you know, this is this being the middle part of the trilogy. They said it ends with the thing happening. Oh, yep. yeah. uh, right? <laughs> what like what a way to end it. They, yeah. uh, it's it's a three month exclusive on the PS5, which I think is interesting. Like it mm -hmm. says, it's coming to other stuff on I think May 29th. Yeah, which isn't very long, but no. which I assume it would just be PC. Well, and Sam and I were talking about this briefly yesterday. Like the the original remake, Sam, you're saying so that was a PS that was a PlayStation exclusive. Yes. Until it came well, to PC. Then it came to PC. To, to PC. But then like so this is coming the sequel, it is it coming to Xbox? Like do we know? I don't I don't even know what's been announced there exactly. I mean I I don't think they'd bring the sequel without bringing the first one to Xbox. Right. And the whole so I'm I'm interested in like digging into that a little bit more. Um I think we were just talking about this in our team Slack today. Like I, the Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't know that I want to spoil it for people, but it does such something so interesting from a narrative standpoint that really caught me off guard and surprised me that like it just completely won me over on like, I don't think this game needs a remake. And then when I found out what the remake was doing with the story and the narrative, it just it, like now, now I couldn't be more excited to dig into the sequel. This is your most anticipated game right now, Sam? I, yeah, I was like trying to think of one that I'm like looking forward to more. I mean, we haven't seen any of Metroid Prime. Um, there's no, you know, Zelda's or, or 3D Mario's on the horizon. Like this is, this is just, this game looks fantastic. It just looks so good. Like I, I, I cannot wait to have a, a, a Final Fantasy RPG that makes sense for me. I, I played a, a little bit of 16 and it didn't work for me the same way that 7 did, even though there's a lot of similarities. I just like, I like the remake of 7. I just think it's a really, really cool world and... It's very Final Fantasy feeling, you know, it's like goofy at times and there's chocobos. Like one of the characters, like a cat riding a Moogle bear or something like it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny you should mention Final Fantasy 16 because since that game's launch, Square Enix has lost nearly $2 billion in value. Shares in the company have plummeted nearly 30% since Final Fantasy 16 came out on June 22nd. And we know bye, that bye, bye. We know that it sold 3 million copies right at launch. Uh, and But even that sparked debate about whether it had met Square Enix's, you know, 
internal sales targets. IGN sources familiar with the performance of Final Fantasy 16 have confirmed that sales have slowed considerably since launch, yeah. but that the game was not yet considered a disaster. And a new report from Bloomberg paints a bleak picture of Square Enix, which reported a sharp profit decline in August. Analysts told the publication that Final Fantasy 16 failed to make up for the poor performance of previous Square Enix flops, such as Marvel's Avengers and Forspoken, and mobile uh. games that were shut down soon after launch. So maybe it sounds like Final Fantasy 16 did well considering it's an exclusive on one platform but maybe not quite as well as square enix had hoped and they were, they were also hoping that it would sort of offset what they had lost with forespoken and marvel's avengers yeah marvel's avengers on sale for 339 today huh. no way yeah three dollars and 39 cents <laughs> yeah there's a i i the sale might have expired it was a, a the pc codes of it yeah three dollars and 39 cents <laughs> isn't that kind of mean though because even for that they're gonna like turn off the servers probably right. and like five weeks or something yeah. that's that's why it's so cheap now that's yeah. five weeks worth of play right there yeah. um they they maybe they shouldn't make these big flops that they put a bunch of money in if they don't want to make their money back <laughs> they should just make make games that are hits instead yeah exactly. um, yeah i make mean you know sell lots of copies is my mo advice, a company that size can weather like final fantasy 16 underperforming it's bad news it's very bad news for them right they want to hit but like once you start to have two or three flops in a row that's when it's kind of like no <laughs> <laughs> like guys like we need a big one but like obviously final fantasy 7 remake is going to be big. oh yeah yeah um, that sure. was a gigantic for Look, sure they can I mean, make not... a chrono trigger sequel and make Ooh. 60 million dollars in, in one week i don't know if what you they're could taking. if you could just play like let us play chrono trigger that's two they million dollars right there just chrono trigger put it out and do nothing everything. with it or just Parasite Eve. What about that one? What about Ooh, that yeah. one? What are some Di other Square Enix games that anybody would play? Dino Crisis. Of? People would no. lose their minds that's if there was not, a new Dino not, Crisis. Not Square Enix, but that oh, that's Capcom. Capcom. I'm that sorry. Capcom. I was about to shout. But Dino they should Crisis make it too. anyway. They'd make a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Just, they, should, they should make it. I mean, like, I'm not. I don't. The disclaimer. I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to the stock market. <laughs> but like, but it just it feels very like oh, like Zelda's a big hit by Nintendo stock or like Final Fantasy 16 bomb sell Square Enix stock and I'm like that seems yeah. like a, a little bit of like a myopic view of like you know I did read some investor commentary on Square Enix and it it was a little bit less about like Final Fantasy 16 underperforming and and a little bit more focused on like this company has to figure out how to make games in like a modern context like it feels really really hard for Square Enix like it just feels like a struggle them to release things like final fantasy 15 took like a decade to make and it's like you know they need to just adopt you know unreal engine or some other engine and just just tamp down on this sort of uh uh you know protracted development cycles and and that like you know again with the caveat that i i you know i'm not an expert like that really could sink the company if they can't like streamline their production they have like a crazy popular MMO. It's like kind of, you know, like usually that's just yeah. the thing that prints money yeah. so you can put out anything else. It's just kind of that's crazy true. how big the company is not to be making the money that they want. But they also put a lot of money into these games that were like probably identifiable flops from the start. So, you know, th that's a problem, right? Um, I think that uh, uh, Square Enix is also like a company that could easily be purchased by a bigger company right now. This yeah. puts them in a, in a really precarious spot because it, it, it makes them less valuable and easier to acquire, perhaps, mm -hmm. with a, you know, a few, a, a less stock share value. Also makes them a really good investment target, right? Because if you uh, invest in, in this company now when it's really cheap and they you know get 
purchased and you get a payout. So it's, it's a pretty interesting story from that perspective, but mm -hmm. I, I, I wouldn't bet against Square Enix. They own some of the most important franchises in the history of video games. Yeah. If Google, I mean, make Google a Kingdom Hearts game able, once a year. Google claims that Square Enix's market cap is $4.25 billion right now. Ooh. Which it's crazy after like after Activision after gets acquired, you know, it's like I hear the number four billion dollars in my thought. It's like that doesn't seem like that much. It could be gobbled up by anybody. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft paid a guy that much money for his game, Minecraft. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, if you guys want to pull your savings accounts and purchase Square Enix, let me know. I'm in. Yeah, I, I want Muhammad Lagoon to come to the United States. <laughs> yes. Is that actually a is that a Squaresoft game? Yeah. It is. It's a it's a Super Famicom game. It's yeah. a tactical it's just... RPG. It's very charming. It's wonderful. I'll have to check that out. Um, who do we think had the better show this week, Nintendo or Sony? That's a rude question, Damon. Is it? They're totally no. tied for me. Or maybe they're both. Maybe they're both just fine. You know what? And if you include the Spider-Man stuff that we had on IGN today, then I think it's an easy, even Steven split. Yeah. There's, yep. There's another look at Spider-Man, and we've got a big preview on of, of Spider-Man today. It seems like they're the, the big push towards the release of Spider-Man is is now finally starting, and uh, things yeah. are really the, the hype is starting to really build for that game. That game is going to be huge. It is. Watch Destin's preview too. He like really shows how the the Venom switches happen and stuff. <laughs> it's like it just looks exactly like I like that's like my ideal Spider-Man game from 1992. Hell yeah! I, like like so fun to see. I kind of like wish that they didn't change up the character I like I like that they include Miles Morales but the basic Venom Spider-Man changes like I'm not super into those but Same. I think they'll handle them really well like yeah. I don't I don't distrust the company that's making this game to write a cool oh, story yeah. I mean it's interesting that it's a sequel to you know the original Spider-Man and the standalone you know I don't know what we call Miles Morales stand I almost called it standalone yeah. DLC whatever it is like the sort of premium side story and like Pulling that back into the main game and making it a sequel to both, I think is really cool. Um, man, I like I give the edge to Sony overall for their presentation, only because I thought Spider Man like it's coming out in a couple months. It looks incredible. Um, you know, I don't, I, I think I'm skeptical that it's going to be better than Baldur's Gate or Zelda when it comes to the game of the year hunt. But I think it's ah, like yeah. a credible candidate to be nominated. Like I think you know Insomniac, like they're just going from strength to strength, and their 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 output is that high and that good these days. Um, I've talked about this a little bit on Scoop before. Like five years ago when Spider-Man came out, every game was Spider-Man, right? These open world games with, you know, icons on the map and combat scenarios and non-combat scenarios. And like, it's kind of gone away a little. Like it's gone out of fashion a little bit where like there's actually not that many games, at least this holiday, that look and feel like that kind of like open world, go around a map and do stuff. Um, there's not, it's just, it's, it's not nearly as crowded as it used to be. and so. You kind of need to be in the right mood for that kind of game, but I definitely am. Like, I think it looks so fun. That looks great. And speaking of previews, we also put up a, a positive preview of Assassin's Creed Mirage this week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I should I want to point out that I actually played a couple hours of that game this week as well for an upcoming Let's Play. Oh, nice. And I had oh a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Good yeah. news. Okay, so with all these new release dates, let's turn to the release calendar. We can start. Everyone, get out your calendars, get your pens ready to start marking dates when these games I have are coming my out. 
Farside desktop calendar right here. Oh actually. my god, that's so good. You have a 2023 Farside desktop. Yeah, calendar. you know they, they just re they just reprinted the 1995 <laughs> one. <laughs> right, confirmed. Yeah, no, that was ever. like part of the advertising on Amazon. It's like it's the reprint of the 1995 for 2023. So yeah, cool. another leap year. It's so good. Uh, on January 18th, we get Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, which was also in the Nintendo Direct this week. But I, I mainly focused on some stuff that was new announcements. I still think that game is is looking cool. I know yeah. some people are maybe not crazy about the art style or something, but I think they could, especially coming off of. Maybe, Sam, tell me if you agree, especially coming off of uh, the making of Karataka and learning more about Jordan Mechner. I, I'm excited to play a new Prince of Persia. I think it's the only Metroidvania really out this fall, right? So like, why not? It, well, it's, this yeah. is January. Yeah. Oh, it's January? I thought mm -hmm. it was coming out this fall. Okay, well. January 18th for that. January 26th, A Day of Kings is Tekken 8. And then uh, going into February, February 2nd is Persona 3 Reloaded and Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League. Remember, at some point, Warner Brothers is going to have to start promoting that game again, and that will be a lot of fun. Is it going to is it going to come out? <laughs> is it finally going to come out? We will see. It'd be canceled. Uh, it could also be moved to the fall with a giant single player mode that's just Batman that you just play as Batman in a Gotham City. <laughs> Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League starring Batman. Uh, February eighth is Helldivers two from Sony. It's just not my kind of game. That was also in the state of play, but. Can't you know, just you know, if Batman had to kill the Justice League, it would be an amazing game. That would be an amazing yeah. game. Also, there's a comic out right now: the Justice League meet Godzilla and King Kong. So, can we just what? make that game? Yeah, hell yeah, cool. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. They just meet him for coffee. Yeah. Did it February, go well? Are they going to have another date? February 14th, Valentine's Day is Tomb Raider one. Two and three remastered. Uh, and then Mario versus Donkey Kong is February 16th. And February 29th is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Everyone get nice. excited. March twenty or oh, March 8th is Unicorn Overlord. March 22nd is Princess Peach Showtime. I think those are all the big ones so far. So yeah, yep. we've already, we have, it's already looking good for the winter and spring. Yeah, that's a stacked Q1. You know what we don't know still is when the heck Elden Ring DLC is going to be out. Which That's crazy. True. Yeah. And that, I would imagine that being that window. And then also, here's another one. One of the most wish listed games on Steam, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Still no release date. Yeah. Yeah. Never. That's true. Mm -hmm. You think that's a never? It was supposed to be out, according to Xbox's press conference last year, all these games would be out before the summer. Oh. Uh, Warts is out this fall. Yeah. I don't know what's going on? But it's just, it's uh, every, every time a direct comes on, everyone's like, what do you think is coming? And everyone says this is the one where we get silk song and then we never did we had so it. many uh technical problems before the start of this that my stage light just ran out of batteries so oh, it's gonna yes. be dark in, in this arcade for a little while it doesn't look that bad it no. doesn't look that bad. let me turn on my purple one uh february will be two years since the launch of elden ring wow wow so that sounds like a long time however uh we're about to get phantom liberty for cyberpunk and that's just about three years since the launch of that base game easy and i hope we get another cyberpunk that's yeah. what they're doing after this they're focusing on what codename orion cyberpunk 2. nice wait what yep. is that true yep <laughs> well i thought they were making another witcher game well they're making a lot oh of gosh. Witcher games but they're not <laughs> after after phantom liberty cyberpunk's going to be done and they're they're going to start 
Project Wait, Orion, Cyberpunk. Wait a second. You're just casually dropping bombs on me that they're like, oh yeah, we're making another one. Is that really, is that a thing? It came with, the, earlier this year, they shared their roadmap for everything that they have in the pipeline. Oh. It was like five Witcher games and Project Orion. Cyberpunk. I didn't know that. Yep. That's so cool. That's such good news. <laughs> I know. Glad, it's only I'm 10 years I, away. I'm glad I made your day. Yeah, I'm reading the IGN article about it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently we talked about it on GameScoop October 10th, 2022. <laughs> think how far awesome. we'll all be into paying off mortgages by the time that game's out. It's so exciting to think about yep. it that way. Yeah. Okay. Starfield. I'm still playing Starfield. It's the only game I'm playing. And I feel my, my feelings have not changed since last week, uh, Justin and Seth, I, I, me, Sam and Mark Medina, Nick Lamone, we're all pretty much in agreement. It feels like a seven. I like the game. I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, but I don't think it's up on the same level as Skyrim or Fallout. And there's a lot of it that's just kind of clunky and outdated. I think I spend, like, I'm not exaggerating. I think I spend almost as much time in menus as I do playing the game. Um, but let's start with Justin. How do you feel about Starfield? You're wearing a Starfield hoodie. I am. So yeah, I uh, do have. A, I do have, I do have a Starfield Where can people buy those? Oh, I, I'm glad you asked, Seth. You can buy this at the IGN <laughs> store. So if you go to store.ign.com, we do have Starfield merch available now. Um, cool. No, and I I do really like this hoodie too. Um, I, I agree. I think the game is a seven. Um, I it's the maybe one of the only video games in my life that I literally fell asleep playing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> come on. I was doing really? the Ryujin quest line, which is like this version's game of the Thieves Guild. And yeah, it's yeah. actually pretty well done. It's all about like corporate espionage and like, you know, backstabbing in the in the corporate world, which is a good fit for like, you know, Thieves Guild type stuff. But it's not, it's a non-combat quest path, right? And like, I, I fell asleep, like turning in some mission and doing some dialogue tree. Um, I... I actually think I am done with Starfield. Uh, <laughs> like, but Justin, sorta... you're a source of like actual good side quests. You've been finding good side quests for us. We need you to yeah. keep playing. No, I mean the thing with these Bethesda games is they're not they're not really games that are meant to be like beaten and completed. They're games where you play it until you have your fill of it, and the game will continue giving you more and more and more if you want to play more and more. But then eventually you just decide, no, nah, I'm good. I've had enough. And like I'm at what thirty some hours, and I think that I've had my fill of Starfield. You might be able to beat it real quick, though. Yeah, That's why I'd recommend beating it. You I, can just may, zip right to the end. Yeah, I may just mainline the main quest, and I think I probably only have about two, three hours left, if I were to guess. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's bad. I think it's good. I don't think it's exceptional. I, I think that Bethesda has been making steadily worse and worse games since, uh, well, maybe, maybe kind of forever. <laughs> maybe since like Morrowind. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like Oblivion was a small step down, and then I, I, I actually maybe this makes me a casual, but I think actually Skyrim is probably my favorite Bethesda game. But like, oh, I think I agree. Yeah, like Skyrim rules. I mean, the, the, the sort of hip choice is Morrowind, but for me, Skyrim is the one that like really sticks with me. But then Fallout 4 was a step down. Fallout 76 was a step down. I wouldn't, I would, you know, I would call stop. Never mind. I guess, I mean, stop rambling. Um, <laughs> to bring this back around to a point, um, I, the game has some of the best verisimil verisimilitude I've ever played in a video game where like, Everything feels like it exists in the world. And like, you have these realistic conversations with everybody. I land on a planet and it's like, 
you know, like, here's what we do here. We used to make mining equipment and now we make this and these corporations are moving in. Like it, the lore of the world feels so good and feels so thought out, but it's just not interesting. I'm just not meeting interesting people and doing yeah, interesting I, things. Like I agree. The moment, the moment where I'm like, I think I might be done with this game is again, the reunion quest line. You can have a kind of long conversation with the secretary of that office. And it's like, do you like working here? And she's like, yeah, it's okay. And then it's like, do you like living in the city of neon? That's like, you know, there's a lot of vice and crime here. And she's like, no, but like, why, like, why is that dialogue in the game? Like, why? <laughs> like, yes, it makes it more realistic. And yes, like everyone in the world that has a name you can talk to and learn a little bit about them, but like, it's pointless. It's pointless and it's not very interesting and it's a waste of my time. Like, so are 115 planets. Yeah. And so, systems, I mean. so that's where like, you know, I think that the game, I think that, I think that Bethesda is stuck in a little bit of a rock and a hard place where they want to have this huge world that has a billion people to talk to, but like, it would be exhausting if every single one of them was kooky and had something crazy and wild going on with their life. Like they need to just be normal people, but then, but then it's just boring. Like talking to these people is boring. Yeah. I agree that just, just, the stories that you encounter in general are just not not as interesting as Fallout or um, Starfield. I want to be meeting uh, like weird aliens and stuff. Like, I know. I th I think it was a yeah. It's, it's a disappointment that there are no sentient aliens in it. It's, it just makes it feel yeah. like like uh, bargain bin Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> and once again, I like the game. I'm enjoying it. I also think it's like it's not as open as it should be. Like uh, there's mm. a side quest where you you get a quest from this like slimy corporate CEO. Yeah. And I go off and do it for him and I come back and he's like, yeah, like, thanks. I, I broke the law. So he's not going to pay me, but he's going to be like, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to complain that I didn't pay you for this illegal job. So this guy's a slime bag. So I just pulled out my gun and I shot him in the head. I, <laughs> the, I was immediately attacked by guards, but that guy didn't die. You can't kill him. He just like, he b bends over for a few moments and then gets back up and he's fine. Like you can't kill him. Like, why won't the game let, why is the game have that, those restrictions set in place? Yeah. Oh, that's so strange. I mean, he's I, got an invisible wall, but only in his forehead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I think that Baldur's Gate three runs absolute laps around Skyrim and I, or around uh, Starfield. And I think I would have I think I would have really really liked Starfield a lot more if I hadn't. I didn't get a chance to talk about it on Scoop yet, because we had so much other stuff going on. Like I'm obsessed with Baldur's Gate three, and I think it might be like the best role playing game ever made. Like I I wow. can't I I can't stop thinking about it, and and I think it makes Starfield looked worse in comparison because it railroads you. Like they couldn't have more opposite philosophies of like Baldur's Gate three respects your choice and responds mm -hmm. to it. No matter what you mm -hmm. try to do, like you want to be evil or you want to be evil and then betray the evil guys. Or do you just want to ignore, like you can just ignore stuff. Like now nah, I'm not going to talk to either of you. Like there's, there's a dozen different ways to do everything and there's unique dialogue for it and the game respects your play state and your journal updates. Like it doesn't tell you go here, go do this. It just, your journal just says, you know, here's a situation for you to resolve. Like mm -hmm. go figure it out. And like I, my heart sunk when I started Starfield and then, you know, you, you join Constellation immediately with no, like you yeah, cannot play the game unless you do that. I think the opening is written so lazily. We talked about this last week, Justin, but you're just, you're just a miner. And so, and, and they'll just, they just send you to get this artifact. Like just any person could go in and get this ancient alien artifact. 
all right well then that guy shows up and he's like here take my ship it's like, yeah it's so lazy yeah yeah the game Seth. gets better the game gets better as it goes i will say that i mean i i agree with that i'm about 20 hours in now and i i think i like it more and more as more as i play it but i still st stand by my belief that the game should just be super fun right from the beginning seth what do you think Star starfield uh i uh i really love it a lot actually i That's like great. it probably more than anybody else um wow. and i think one of the things that helped me was when i was asking uh on the ign deals twitter like who's who's playing it early and what are they thinking and everyone was like oh you know and one person in particular said it's not skyrim in space it's oblivion in space and i love the oblivion and i think that is the perfect uh description of this game because it's like a little slower a little jankier than skyrim and you know but it, it appeals to me i i've done like one story mission and then i'm just like i'm gonna get in my spaceship and fly over here and i'm gonna fly over there and that's all so you're doing. actually like flying instead of fast traveling places well no no, no. i'm I, yeah i am fast traveling but i mean i'm okay. just going to different planets and then stopping and like i met some grandma she she invited me into her ship and made me made me food and, oh, uh, nice. and then i just go to you know like a, a abandoned mining outpost and clear it out of all the the people or, or the little beasts that live in there so i haven't actually done anything <laughs> in the story past like the first things that you absolutely have to do and that's just how i play open world games i like to be distracted yeah i have no sort of uh agenda going in so for me a person uh, who just can't pay attention very well i think it's a, a very great game that does seem to be kind of a common refrain among the people that really like starfield they tend to be the people that are just aren't focusing on the story they're just yeah, sort I mean, of like, like doing other stuff i think um i started playing um no man's sky like when it came to game pass and i hadn't played it since launch when like the only thing you could do was just like shoot rocks and, and <laughs> yeah. fly around and uh i i think that's probably more fun to me because there isn't really a story i'm just sort of making it up as i go along like i find a uh i found like an abandoned freighter one time and i was like what happened here and it just got my imagination charged up and starfield does that too but just to a little bit lesser extent because there is a narrative involved and there are you know tons of like micro narratives like the, the side quests and stories and stuff but yeah if you like to just wander around aimlessly and uh and find uh guns in 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 lockers it's a great <laughs> game <laughs> i've just i've just stopped like picking up any loot because the encumbrance thing and just dealing with the menus and trying to move yeah, stuff around between me and my companion and then trying to fun. get to a store to sell the stuff it's too much of a nuisance plus i just i have plenty of money just by doing quests anyway i you know and i yeah. have i'm like early in the game and i have so much money you yeah know, I, I i think i had to bribe somebody and they're like that'll be three thousand credits and i was like <laughs> okay okay that's easy <laughs> i have like yeah. eighteen thousand credits now i mean i've got over well over a hundred thousand now so. uh sam what have you been playing this week um let's see uh i can't talk about some stuff so i Ooh, I, I guess just Starfield still. I mean, like, I, 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 I it's really difficult because now I have this, like, forked game where I'm playing in the New Game Plus, and then I'm also playing the character before I went to the New Game Plus mm -hmm. because the character before I went to New Game Plus is, like, a whole different set of, like, qualities that, like, make it possible for me to make side quests, which I'm, like, doing a little bit of writing about right now. And so, like, I, it's it, that, that's just what I've been in. And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't want to play it though. I I'm playing it for work. <laughs> Can you explain? Um, so like I'm the type of person I don't I don't oh, normally I, ever. What's that? Yeah, go ahead. No, go for I it. I don't normally play new game plus modes just because I'm usually just on to the next game. 
without spoiling anything, can you explain why Starfield's New Game Plus is particularly cool or interesting? Well, basically, like it, it offers a New Game Plus that that works with the story, so it reflects aspects of the story, and then it allows you to contract the New Game Plus's store, uh, like game, so you can loop it really fast. Hmm. And when you loop it really fast, it can, it can, but doesn't guarantee bring up permutations in the story that you might not have seen before. Um, that's basically the non-spoiler version of it. Okay. Um, don't let people tell you that, that the whole purpose of this game is to get to the new game plus and yeah. loop the game. And that's what makes it more special than any game on earth. That is absolute nonsense. I've done it more than you people that are saying that. <laughs> and uh, the fact that it's random randomized is kind of annoying because you're like, it'd be kind of cool if you're like, Whoa, what? The first time I looped this, it was this. And then the second time I was like, Oh my gosh, but not how it works. You want to read how it works, read Simon Cardi's uh, write-up and video on it. However, I am working on a best side quest piece right now, including one that Justin submitted. That's a really cool one. Um, it's interesting and you can't, it's, let, let me, you know, this is an interesting aspect of Starfield that is also, I guess, a, a bad thing, but I'm just going to say it as a, if it's not a bad thing, is that you will mi absolutely miss a lot of these because you, a lot of them are like, it's not like you're walking past a character in Neon, they shout, then it's on your menu. That is not these. Some, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like you do have to jump into a system and get lucky that that system triggers this. And it's not always that system. So I think that's a big problem, right? Because that's not like, there's a, there's, did you see that castle on the edge of the peninsula in the southern, you know, eastern corner of, you know, The Witcher or Skyrim, or whatever? If you go there, there's a really cool ghost story. Like that's, that's a really interesting way to put together a game because people discover it and they talk about it like this. In this game, you could absolutely play this and never have the thing trigger. That's really cool. So like kind of limits the content that you're seeing. And then I also wanted to make one clarification and I do like the side quest article. I hope you all check it out. Um, one clarification that I keep on seeing, especially from our game scoop, people arguing about Starfield where a person comes on and they keep saying, I don't know what so-and-so is talking about on GameScoop. I think the exploration in this game is great. And what we're specifically talking about is that in other Bethesda games, which are really good exploration, they show on a map some mysteries that you can visibly see in the distance, like a, a weird spire or a building or, or something. And you're like, well, let me go see what that is. And then it shows up as a little question mark in your map. And then you go there and you know that question mark is gonna have a bobblehead or a really powerful weapon in it or like something cool. And then it might have a storyline with it. That is a mode of exploration that Starf, uh oh, did we lose oh, Damon? Oh man, that's my camera. Okay. Well, I don't know what to do about that. What a, what a cursed episode. Yeah, I guess you can switch to your <laughs> laptop, Cam. I think, I mean, yeah. But I mean, I don't have another camera. What? But we are a bit, you know what? We are a bit. All we have left is video game 20 questions. I'm just going to put up a picture of myself. Okay. Nope. Yeah, I, got I, I don't think we have another option at this moment. We can't so, see your hands, though. I know. I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll, put, I'll take 20 different pictures of my hands. <laughs> I mean, we, like, the, I, I think my closing thought on Skyrim is, like, I can't believe they cannot. Starfield. They, so, yeah, so I keep doing that. Sorry. Starfield. Um, they cannot in Elder Scrolls Six do the dialogue where like you get sucked into someone's face and then they stand there like a mannequin and you talk to them like they can't they can't do it anymore. Like, the crazy thing is that the facial animation is 
much much better but they mm -hmm. still look dead inside because they yep. they lock eye contact with you and never break it like that's just <laughs> not how human beings interact I mean, we, and again, I, I don't, I'm not trying to like pit gamers against each other, but like coming off of like the game that I played before this for like 80 hours is Baldur's Gate. And that game was fully mocapped. And like, it's yep. a night and day difference. Like it's a new standard that like, that unfortunately, if you're in like the business of making a AAA RPG, that like, that's the standard that you have to meet now. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't yeah, finish, finish my, your, oh, yeah, finish sorry, my sorry, sorry, sorry about that. So so what my point, and I think of the point that a lot of people are making is not that it doesn't have the ability to just jump to a star system and find something cool. It absolutely has that, but that's boring because it's a fast travel thing. It's not a walk across this continent and be distracted left and right. Yeah, It's like just jump to a literal white dot on a map that is not different than any other white dot. And then you get a bunch of planets that look just like any other planets. Then you zoom in on those planets and yes, there might be a random encounter there and it might be really fun. But if you land on that planet and like, and there's none of that before you get to the planet, you are not finding anything on that planet. You will land and there'll be either a ship flyover, there'll be a geological feature. Like it's just, it's just not, it's, it, it's a different, yes, that is a type of exploration. But what we're trying to say, or what I'm trying to say specifically is that it's not the thing that Bethesda is famous for that I want to play in a Bethesda game, which is like this like really cool, distract me in a million different ways while I'm while I'm discovering a world, it just doesn't have that. The con the there he is. The contiguous, <laughs> unbroken, unbroken nature of the continent is like the. Oh, there he is. Finally. <laughs> All right. That brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Sam from Minnesota. Oh. And Not Sam has a hint. Sam says, this game will forever be one of my favorite video games. Oh, Ooh. I thought you were going to redact that. Friends of Sam are just chomping at the bit right now because they already know. <laughs> the giant head of Damon says, let the questioning <laughs> begin. It, it's I'm, I'm, it's, I'm it's... leaning hard towards Bust a Move 2. What do you guys think? I want Damon's head to be zoomed out a little bit. It's too big. <laughs> um... Favorite video games. Uh, did this game come out? <laughs> uh, I don't like that it. Was, um, that was during the heat wave last summer was, when I had to shave my head. Such good timing. Good um, timing. Did this game come out in the 70s, 80s, or 90s? No. Okay. Who even likes games after the 90s? It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Uh, is this game multi-platform? Yes. Seth, is that F zero one or ninety nine or anything in between? Uh, that is the OG Super Nintendo uh, F zero behind me. Yes. Well, cool. you found um, your you found your cable. It was it was right next to the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Excellent. That's 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 what a cluttered desk is like for me. That's where my AC adapter um, was. Yep. Uh, is this a, a console exclusive? No, we already okay. asked if it was multi-platform. Oh, wait. So multi-platform. Yes. Okay, cool. Is this a, uh, was this game made uh, in Japan? No. All right. Western. Uh, is this game available on the Nintendo Switch? Yes. Hey. Oh. Did it come to the Switch after it came to other systems? 
Yes, and that is five. Bust move two, guys. <laughs> I think it's Skyrim. Could That's be. What I'm saying right now. That's one of the best. Is this games. an open world game? Yes. Wow, we're getting there real quick. Ooh. Is this is this a first person game? It can be. <laughs> Did this game come to Switch within the last year? No. Oh shit. Thought it was Red Dead. I, I mean, it could be Skyrim. I think it's Skyrim. Um, How does Skyrim switch perspective? Uh, I mean, I believe well, it does. I just don't remember. I I I think. I, I mean, I you know, it has a third person mode, but it's not nearly as kind of like supported as like third person in in Starfield. It might actually only be mods. I can't even remember. No, no, no. There's like, a third person view. That's what there has been since uh, at least since Oblivion, because that's a good way to know if you're sneaking, uh, other than you know the eye <laughs> thing. Funny. Pro tip. I mean, okay. okay. Is this a is this a fantasy role playing game? Yes. Is it made by Bethesda? Yes, that's ten. Oh man, you so, got so, this in five, y'all. Yes, yeah, Seth, that would have been like a record. Oh, man, you want to do the honors? Uh, is this game Skyrim? Yes, it is. Woo! Eleven questions. Yeah, nice job. Hell yeah! What? This isn't Skyrim. Look how janky this looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how cool would it be if you landed on a planet in Starfield and then you were just in Skyrim? Yes. <laughs> See, Amazing. it's stuff like that that they could have pulled off in this game, right? Like, there's like there's it doesn't have that um, goofiness of Fallout where like suddenly you're in a yeah. vault and everybody is. Although you did play that one crazy side quest, Justin, that, that you recommend. There is a really, there is a really like I think that the highs of Starfield are pretty high. Like it's you know I've been a little mean. I've been the criticisms that I've voiced in game scoop are out of whack with like, overall, I enjoyed my time with the game. Like, I don't think it's bad at all. It's more just like I wanted and hoped for more from it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, sure so yeah. it, it didn't meet my expectations. And then, and then again, it's a totally unfair standard to hold it to, but I just, I really genuinely think that Baldur's gate is like that good and that special. So like playing the two back to back, I don't think does it. You uh, you just gave the most dad answer ever. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I, it's it's true. I, it, it's that's very accurate. And 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 Starfield actually gives me really really high hopes for Elder Scrolls Six, be, because of that. Like because of the unbroken sort of. Anytime you're getting into a groove in Starfield, it's like, well, okay, leave the planet now and you know watch you know go through this bullshit. So it's like being back in a space where like everything is just in one land you know, in, in a decade when that game comes out, it's just going to feel What great. if they randomly generate for you all the land between every castle? Oh my God, don't, don't even, <laughs> don't even. You know, here's what what's special. What if they forget about that eye muscle again? Yeah, here's what's special <laughs> about Elder Scrolls Six. Everyone will have a different quest in this <laughs> castle. It's like, no, don't. Like, <laughs> I, everyone should have the same haunted house. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want the same Khajiit merchant, like. <laughs> But you're also right that the permutations matter that there should be like that's what bethesda's bread and butter should be is like whoa my, by the time i got to the end of this game it's different than all my friends right yeah. that's kind of the dream they set forth they like, did it, mass effected too but they never really pulled it off they did a really clever thing with starfield actually where how do we have a game with a thousand planets and there's always interesting stuff to find it's like well if you land on a planet pick you know we have these 50 caves that we made like pick one of them to be there and it's different for everybody but that that's very clever, but then it makes it impossible to talk about the game with your friends because you can't tell them go here and find this cool thing because it won't be there for them. You know what's really crazy is that there's the uh, copy paste uh, lab that goes into a mine mm -hmm. that I yeah. played several times, yeah. 
and no joke, it's used twice in the main freaking quests. Yep, you go to the same mine. In and the do main the same... quest, they copy paste the mine. Yep. Oh wow, I hadn't heard that. How is that even like? It's just shameful. <laughs> Shameful, 7 out of 10. Well, nicely job on Skyrim getting there. Thank you for the suggestion, Sam from Minnesota. One of, forever one of his favorite video games. Oh, yeah. Viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for 20 questions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Uh, apologies, I, sorry I could not be with you in live action at the end of the show. <laughs> but the giant, the giant head of Damon is nodding, <laughs> not nodding, but looking in approval at, at the rest of my panel. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Sam is attempting too. This is a, a good moment when uh, people who listen to the show might want to dip over to YouTube to see just the final five minutes of this episode. It's pretty good. Uh, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Seth. Thank you to Tom working behind the scenes to make this episode very possible <laughs> and making me very large. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop and we're out. And he was out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>